Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us today. I'm so thankful we are one day closer to regathering as a church family. Just before recording this, Luke Sturgeon dropped by to pick up some tables, and it was so good to see him, and it is going to be so good to to see you. So we'll be sharing some information coming up this coming week, Lord willing, to gather on the 24th, but, uh, but we'll be in touch with you on that. In the meantime, it's been our hope and prayer that this message series, Celebration of Hope, as we work our way through the Psalms, has been like a marathon aid station in your race of life, that each week there's a, a song that we dig into, and we hope that and pray that it will be a, a cup of soul-strengthening truth just to encourage you to help you as you follow Christ. Today's cup of truth is powerful to help us as we process through the conflict moments of our life. Just wondering, over the past two months, has anyone else had to process through a conflict? Being people who are all imperfect and all in process, and then add a little stress, and then add a mandatory quarantine, (laughs) and you have the perfect storm for processing through conflict as our imperfections are amplified by all that's going on around us. And this song is just timely and powerful to help us process through conflict in a way that brings glory to God and, and good to those around us. It's written by David. And it's written at the end of his life. It's a, would fall into the category of wisdom literature. It's as if David is a a grandfather having a a fireside chat with his grandkids about life and things that he saw happen that where he saw the truth of of what God gave him played out in his experiences. The big idea of this song is in the first verse and you can sum it up in three words. It's Psalm 37. We'll begin reading there in verse one as David writes, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. The big idea is do not fret. Fret to fret is what we do when someone does us wrong or when evil comes our way through someone that's around us, through another person. To fret is to allow their wrong to just run laps in our mind. And we think about it, replay that moment. We begin to plot our payback or how can we get even? And as we do that, our emotions go into a a frenzy. Anger just begins to to simmer and heat up and, and it can either flare up and cause us to do things that we regret or it can just become this smoldering pot of soul-poisoning bitterness that just rumbles in our heart. And we become a person that we know God has not called us to be. To fret is, uh, is just letting that wrong replay. You know, and, and it's what we do naturally, isn't it? When someone wrongs us, we, we just think about it. And like, how? I just can't believe that, that they did that. And, and so we go about our business, you know, it keeps coming back. Man, they, that was so rude. That was so wrong. After, perhaps we were not doing anything to deserve this, but they just did it. And, 
We, it just, ah, oh, man. And, and then um, our thoughts become undisciplined and can even get paranoid. Like, well, okay, if they did that, what are they going to do? And, and how do I fix this? And, and we just get, our soul can become a mess to the point where God says, hey, when evil comes your way through another person, do not fret. To which we say, okay, how? <laughs> how do we not fret when, when we've been wronged and it hurts and we're trying to process this thing? And what God gives us in Psalm 37 is such a gift. Not only is it a calling to a fret-free life, but he gives us the path to take. He begins with a perspective tweak there in verses 1 and 2. And then he gives us a four-part plan to follow that will help us live fret-free. Back to the text, verse one, verses 1 and 2, he says, Do not fret because, those of those, because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. Here's the perspective tweak. For like grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Here God is saying, as you think about these people who are out to do you wrong or who have hurt you, think temporary. Think uh, in the midst of being wronged, we can often think this person is so big in my life, permanent in my life. The wrong that they've done is so big and permanent. But think temporary. Think grass, even. The perspective shift of, you know, just as grass, grass grows up, it's green and, and the people who do us wrong can seem so like they're doing great and they're prospering and, and they're just fine. But here I am hurting. But August is coming. They will wither or the wrong that they're doing will be taken care of by God. God is assuring us that those who reject him and choose to live their lives hurting others or doing wrong to others, they're temporary. Think temporary. Think temporary. See grass. Um, temporary. Our prayer this side of the cross is that those who do wrong, even as, as Christ prayed from the cross, Father, forgive them for they don't realize what they're doing. We pray that they would turn to Christ in repentance and allow him to change them from the inside out. But one thing we know, whether it is through regeneration, through faith in Jesus Christ, or the judgment that God will bring in, in bringing justice to what is wrong and injustice, that he's telling us here the wrong that they're doing temporary. This is how we're to process it, how we're to see it. To which we would say, but David, you don't understand who this person is or what they've done to me. I mean, it's a serious wrong that's having big ramifications in my life. To which David would say, look at as I picture a grandfather, a knowing smile and say, hey, do you have a minute for a story? And we'd be like, hey, we're in quarantine <laughs> or they've canceled all the stuff that we're normally spending our time on. So we've got time for a story to which he says, good, let me tell you one. And we turned it to First uh, Samuel chapter 25, where we see David being tempted to fret by because of a wrong that was done to him. And the story, it picks up in First in Samuel 25, verse three. Or it tells of a man, it says his, man, his name was Nabal, his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman, but her husband was surely and mean in his dealings. And while David was in the wilderness, he heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep. So he sent some men to him to say to Nabal. Now, background for this story, David, this is when David was being chased through the wilderness by Saul. 
young man, about 600 men had gathered with him. And while they're out there, this was just part of their culture, they provided security for the nomads that were shepherding their sheep. Nabal benefited from David's protection. And the, the way it worked in this day was these people who would provide security, then when it was time for the sheep to be sheared, the owner of the sheep would give these people who provided security a cut. And so David sends his men to ask, hey, can you give us a cut? And the text says he did this very respectfully and um, humbly and just, just in a, a very uh, a good way towards Nabal. But Nabal responds in verse 10 saying, who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Who are these servants? And why should I give him any food? So David did good, Nabal does evil. The servants go back to David and they say, hey, this is what happened. They reported to him and David said this, each of you strap on your sword. We're going to battle. 400 men he rallies to go knock, knock, knock on Nabal's door. 200 he leaves with the supplies. Well, one of the servants who heard Nabal talking to the, David's servants goes to Abigail and says, David sent messengers to our master and he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They did good. And I love the verse 16 where he says, night and day, they were in a wall around us the whole time we were herding sheep near them. Now think it over what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master and our whole household he is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. So Abigail, it says, acts quickly. She empties the fridge. She um, loads up a wagon full of supplies and goes out to meet David. And the text says, as, as she is um, entering the mountain ravine, David and his men are descending toward, toward her. And listen to what David had just said here. He had just said, as he's about to meet Abigail, it's been useless all are watching over this fellow's property in the wilderness so that nothing of his was missing. He has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely. If by morning I leave alive one male who belongs to him. <laughs> Why is it? so important that we do not fret. Why does God start this song this way? I mean, just crystal clear, do not fret because of evil people. And three times in the first nine verses, he says it again, do not fret, do not fret. Don't let the wrong replay in your mind. Do not fret, why? It's right here. David's life plays it out. He is about to go kill a gnat with a sledgehammer that's going to create pain and hurt for so many people. He is about to do what he will regret for the rest of his life. He's about to become the kind of person that he does not want to become. Why should we not, why is this such a big deal, you guys, as we process through conflict and inevitable moments when we're wronged? And David sums it up as an old man looking back on his life. And perhaps this very moment in verse 8 of chapter 37 where he says, Do not fret, it only leads to evil. 
Refrain from anger, turn away from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. Here's the truth. Fretting always leads somewhere. You say, where's that? It leads to evil. Evil is the absence of God. Fretting leads us away from God. It leads us to, a, to assume a position that's meant only for God, and that is the position of avenger, the one who will right our wrongs. And so he says, uh, do not fret, for if you do, um, it leads to evil. Regret, a lifetime of regret, as well as becoming a person who is not like Christ, but rather full of bitterness and anger. Could, it's right here, I, I just think appropriate just to pause and thank God for the possibility of living a fret-free life. Aren't you thankful that God loves us enough to give us his word, and even through David here, to equip us? We say, well, how? Okay, how can we do this? And what's this look like? And we see a four-part plan. Simple, I encourage you, write this down. This is something that we probably don't, won't remember just on the run, but, but pull it back out or turn to Psalm 37 and review these four parts that God gives us. I've been trying this this week and it flat out works. And the first part is this. Verse three, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. When someone does us wrong rather than fret, our first response is trust in the Lord and do good. What do we do when they do us wrong? Attack, run, cower in fear, um, you know, move, get out of that. What do we do? And he says, first move is look up in faith and trust in the Lord. Just say, Lord, this is yours. You saw what just happened. I need your help here. And then our posture towards that person, do good, do good, do good. Don't let their evil tempt you to act evilly. Rather, do good. Continue to do good. As Paul writes in Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil. The way we beat evil, overcome evil with good. And don't you love the result? So that you may dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. If all the good people get up and run when evil comes, what's gonna happen? God says, don't budge, stay there. Look to me, trust me, do good, but stay put, stand your ground and just keep doing evil. Dwell in the, or keep doing good, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Don't let this person steal your joy. So rather than fret, we trust in the Lord. We do good. Step, the second part to, uh, to this plan is found there in verse four. He says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Part two is take delight in the Lord. You know, one of the reasons we fret when people do us wrong is we, we fear that they're going to take something that we value, right? And this doesn't mean that we, we go passive and we just let evil do its thing. It's God calls us to, to put up healthy boundaries to, to protect ourselves, to protect others. We, uh, there's a reason we have laws and those who uh, are law enforcement and military and all of that. And we lock our doors and those types of things. That's not the point here. The point is when we are in the midst of a conflict and, and we're processing hurt, Rather than focusing on what we think this person is going to take from us, shift our focus and delight in the Lord who gives us the desires of our heart. And as we delight in him, (laughs) 
What's the reality that God reminds us of? The most important treasure of life, the greatest treasure in life, no human can touch. No evil can touch. No evil government, no evil system. No evil can touch the greatest treasure in life, which is what? Our relationship with him. You know, as we delight in the Lord and and through faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross, we celebrate this relationship that we have with him where we are loved with an infinite love, safe. We have been given, um, blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And the list goes on and on and on. As we delight in him, we, we really come back to that core reality. Lord, my greatest desire is not even the good gifts that you give me. My greatest desire is you. And through Christ, I have you perfectly and forever and no evil can touch that. And what happens to fretting when we delight in the Lord? You it's impossible to delight in the Lord and fret at the same time. What if David had just said, hey guys, before we go take out you know, Nabal's household, let's just pause here for a moment to praise God and, and to delight in him. What might have happened in that moment? What might happen for us as well? A practical way to do this is just pause and just start thanking God for, for what we have in him. And uh, it has a way of shifting our hearts and quieting our fretting souls. Third part, we see as we, uh, as we process a wrong done to us and the plan to, to live fret-free is there in verses five and six where he says, okay, trust in the Lord, do good. Take delight in the Lord. Now, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. And don't you love this picture? I Picture, okay, this is where we take all our plans to deal with this wrong that's been done to us and we put them in a manila envelope and we say, Lord, here's my plan of attack. Here's how I'm processing this. I commit my path the way forward and, and all the things that I'm planning to do, I commit it to you. Here it is. I'll follow your lead. It's just saying, Lord, I... I'm, this is my best shot at responding and I, I give this to you and then we, we surrender to him and we submit to his leading as we process through this. And I just love that picture. We hand it to him and then he takes it and says, I got this. And the picture of he, he will make your righteousness, your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your, your vindication like the noonday sun. The creator is gonna see that justice is done in his time and in his way. Can you feel the weight just lift off your shoulders as you hand him that envelope and step away from having to be the one that gets vengeance or being the avenger and letting the one who has all the power, all the wisdom, all the mercy, all that, that is needed to bring perfect justice to the wrong that was done to you and just say, it's yours, God. That's the, that's the calling that, that he gives us here. David, you don't have to go kill everybody in Nabal's household. Just tell God about it. He'll lead you. He'll guide you to do what is right, what is best. Commit your way to the Lord. He's got your back. And then we see the fourth part of this plan in verses 7, where he says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. This might be the toughest part of the, the plan be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways and when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger 
Turn away from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. It's that the inherit the land is that picture of receiving the blessing that God has promised. The step here or the part here is to be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Einstein taught us that time is relative and nothing proves that more than than waiting in a season of injustice while the person who does us wrong is doing just fine. And here David is hungry out in the wilderness. He's got 600 guys he's responsible for and Nabal is feasting like a king at harvest time or when he should be doing good to David. And, And you're telling me I have to wait while this person is thriving and God's saying, yep, justice, the wheels of divine justice will turn. They may turn slow, but they will turn. Wait patiently. And I love this picture of, of be still before the Lord. It's rest quietly in the Lord's presence and just wait for him. Wait patiently for him. God is faithful to, uh, to, to, to take care of his own and to protect and provide for us. You say, well, what happened to David then and Nabal? How did this play out? And sum, summarizing the story, God sent the girl, Abigail, as a divine fret check for David. And he protected David. She, as she gave, really stepped in. And you, you think about Abigail in this moment. She was bold. She was wise. She was articulate, generous, helping David not do what he would regret for the rest of his life. And she preached a sermon humbly, but she preached a sermon which was really, hey, David, turn to the Lord and remember his promise to you. Remember the Lord. He's got you. God sent Abigail to David. But today, he's sending a song of hope to you and to me. Psalm 37 as our fret check to help us respond to wrong in a way that will glorify him. Well, what about Nabal? What happens? Well, Abigail returns home. She finds him feasting like a king. He's drunk, so she waits till the morning when he's sober. And then she goes in, pretty bold move, but she tells him everything that, that went down. You can imagine his reaction would be, he's coming at her. But the scripture tells us, His heart quits working. Assuming heart attack, 10 days later, Nabal's gone. Don't fret because of those who are evil, for like grass, they will soon wither. Like green grass, they will soon wither away. 10 days later, Nabal's gone. The story, David hears about this, and it's a worship moment for him. And he thanks God for sending Abigail his a fret check that would keep him from, from doing things he would regret. He also, it also has a romantic twist. You can go read it on your own, but he's like, that girl um, is someone I'd like to do life with. And he says, will you marry me? And she says, yes. And think about Abigail's life and just how it's really a living out Psalm 37 as well. She's stuck, you know, living with a fool as a husband But God, as she continues to do good and trust in him, she ends up being a queen and and just a neat moment for her as well. But thinking about our lives today and bringing it all together for us, the aim of the enemy of our soul is to get us to fret. As he does evil through people hurting us, 
And you say, why fret? Why is that the, the aim? And that's because when we fret, it always leads somewhere. It leads to evil or it, it leads us away from God. But in this text, God is, is through his word equipping us to respond in a way that will bring him glory when others hurt us. And simple calling is do not fret, do not fret, do not fret. To which we say, how? How do we do that? And don't you love this, this plan? Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord, do good. Take delight in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord and be still and wait for the Lord. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. And you may be thinking, well, John, honestly, I, I don't see myself being able to do this because I've been doing, I've, I'm a fretter. <laughs> I've been fretting all my life and it's just how I think May I remind you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a new creation in Christ. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior, Scripture tells us that the old is gone, the new is here. You've been recreated with a capacity to live out the commands of Scripture, the Word of God. You can do this, but it's only through faith in Jesus Christ and relying on the power that He provides and today, if you don't know Christ, that would be your next step to enter into a relationship with the living God through faith in what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross. It is only through faith in him that we can live this out. And you know, as we wrap up our time of worship here in the word of God, I think it's appropriate that we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's neat that you know, as we look to him, we realize that not only does God call us to do this, Jesus took on humanity, came down onto this world full of evil, and he said, this is how you do this. And Peter writes, when they hurled insults at him, at Jesus, he did not retaliate. He didn't strap on his sword. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Our God took the greatest wrong that has ever been done and he turned it into our moment, opportunity for salvation. Do not fret. Would you join me in prayer? Father, I thank you for this word that you've given us, this word of hope that when we live in a, those moments where we hurt others and they hurt us, and it can just uh, lead into a, a mindset of fretting and, and lead down trails that destroy our relationships, but also hurt you and hurt the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for this path that you've given us to not fret. Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to turn towards you, to trust you and do good. Lord, to, uh, to delight in you, to commit our way to you and to, to quiet our soul in your presence and to wait for you to, to avenge the wrongs that have been done to us. Lord, I thank you for the mercy that you've poured out on us as we've done you wrong after wrong after wrong and yet you've forgiven us in Christ and we pray that you would give us that heart. I pray for my brothers and sisters that are in the midst of 
just processing some wrongs that are having huge ramifications on their, their lives, that you would just give them grace to trust you in these moments. Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to, to be a part of what you're doing. And even as we respond to wrong that's been done to us, to know that you're working good in ways that, that only eternity will, will shed light on. We thank you for that. We praise you for this song of hope. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.